Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexanero Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview the Kentucky-Louisville basketball game this Saturday. It's a 1 o'clock start on ESPN at the Yum Center. My guests are Shannon Russell of the Courier-Journal, who covers Louisville basketball, and Jerry Tipton, who covers Kentucky basketball for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Before we get started, a couple of thank yous. Thank you to everyone who has left us a rating and review for these podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, Our Radio Podcasts. Uh, if you leave a rating and review, that really helps us out. It really helps uh, get the word out about the podcast to the listeners. We really appreciate that. We also really appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Reminder, you can get a sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. You get all of our UK basketball coverage, UK football recruiting high schools with Jared Peck. You get the Mark Story's columns, my columns, $30 for the first year. Go to Kentucky.com, hit on that subscription button, and check out all of our subscription offers to Kentucky.com. We appreciate everyone who has supported our work uh, during this 2020 year. We really appreciate it. Okay, now, without any further ado, let's get to our guests, Shannon Russell of the Courier-Journal, followed by Jerry Tipton of the Lexington Herald-Leader. Okay, my guest on the podcast is Shannon Russell, who covers Louisville basketball for the Courier Journal. How are you doing today, Shannon? I'm well, John. Thanks for having me. Uh, Sh- Shannon, uh, Shannon, I go back a long ways with Shannon. Well, we won't say too long. Uh, back to the days when you were, I guess, you covered UK back when you, the, the old days of the Cincinnati Post, correct? Yes. Yeah. Actually, I was just at the Inquirer and uh, I okay. covered UK. Yeah, for for uh, two seasons, and then moved over to the the Xavier Beat right. uh, there in Cincinnati. But yeah, definitely, we go back pretty far. Yeah, back <laughs> back then. That was a little while ago, anyway. Uh, a lot of things have changed <laughs> since yes. then, uh, both in uh, both in sports and in uh, newspapers and so forth. Uh, but you're, now you're covering Louisville for the Courier. Uh, what what were the expectations for Louisville coming into the coming into this season? You think? Well, I think that there uh, there were high expectations, you know, having Malik Williams back, having two grad transfers, um, a bunch of, of sophomores that had uh, been through the, the wars of practice. But things changed quickly because not only because of the coronavirus, but because of injuries. So now here we are, um, you know, heading into the Kentucky game and Malik Williams is out until possibly February, maybe, maybe even later. Charles Midland grad transfer has a knee injury he's coming back from, and he's not playing right now either. So um, Louisville is very young uh, without some of these, these pieces and has had to kind of work through some things to um, trial, trial by fire to figure things out in the early going. You mentioned COVID. I know they've had uh, before the season and now during the season, they've had a couple of episodes where they've had to had to take some pauses. Um, how much has that disrupted things as well? I think that the last one has caused a pretty big ripple. Uh, they went 18 days between playing games uh, and nine days within that. They did nothing related to basketball. So to kind of get started and get the practices going and being competitive and then stop totally has been, uh, I would say, it's been kind of a, a, a showstopper because guys lost their wind guys were recovering from um, the coronavirus protocols and were coming back at staggered times. So I think that kind of manifested 
at the Wisconsin game where they were blown out last Saturday, where they just, they didn't have their full compliments and, uh, and guys just, you know, they, they lacked kind of the, the leadership of upperclassmen because of that, but they also weren't, um, you know, as crisp, as crisp and as um, united as they would be maybe otherwise without that layoff. Yeah, we'll talk about the Wisconsin game here in a second. How did you think they were playing up until the Wisconsin game or up until this pause? Well, I think it was a mixed bag, but it was promising. Um, nobody was really sure how the pieces were going to fit together with uh, Carly Jones being the heralded grad transfer uh, coming in and, and really taking over. And he did really well. I think that there, some of the freshmen showed really some signs of good things to come. And, um, you know, the team started out 4-0, um, you know, winning at least one game by the skin of their teeth. But they were able to be resilient and, um, and make mistakes and play through them because of the thin roster so i think that there were there were definitely some um some good vibes going there but then uh, you know again wisconsin happened <laughs> yes yes it did happen <laughs> down 44 <laughs> 18 at the half uh you know got their doors blown off there carlick jones couldn't play uh in that game now was that strictly because of covid he had had he test positive for covid i know louisville has a thing where they they you can gradually come back is that right they don't want you to come yes. back right away that that's what they said. That's what they uh, they said that he was coming back from the, the COVID um, testing, and their protocol is, is is such that even though he could practice, he traveled to Madison. He uh, was able to warm up with the team, but he wasn't quite back to um, to full form and through those protocols, so he couldn't play. But I also think part of that is just the. Um, you know, him being able to get back into practice and be able to, you know, start getting his win back right. um, safely. So he was just on the cusp there at Wisconsin. And, you know, they really, really needed him in that game. And he just wasn't available uh, to play. Right. Now, they bounced back last night and won at Pittsburgh. Of course, Pittsburgh was down a couple of probably their better players. Uh, how did you think they played against Pitt? Against Pitt? Well, they got Carly Jones back, so that right. helped a lot, um, just from the veteran experience that he has. But um, you know, I think it was uh, it, it was a mixed bag. I think some of the young players um, stepped up. Samuel Williamson and David Johnson both had double doubles for the first time, and Louisville um, made sure to crash the glass, uh, knowing that, um, as you mentioned, with a couple guys who were out from Pitt, they were you know, one of them at least was a was the leading rebounder. So that was a pivotal point of the game. But uh, you know, the part that is concerning is there turnovers you know this team has had 35 turnovers in the last two games and um wisconsin and pitt were able to really make them pay with uh, points off turnovers so uh, there are things to clean up for sure but for louisville i think maybe the the morale victory of having a win after wisconsin kind of um being resilient from that was a big deal and having a win going into the kentucky game you mentioned Carlick Jones. Uh, who, who are some uh, Who are some other guys that uh, Kentucky fans should look out for on Saturday? Sure, I think that Jalen Withers, who also is someone that's coming back from COVID protocols, he's really um, been someone that's in the post, been able to do some nice things. Uh, he was uh, he redshirted last year and is just playing, you know, for the first time this year. Uh, but he's been able to 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 get his. Uh, game going inside which has been very helpful to a team that is you know has a lot of guards and a lot of guard play um you know another player that's shown signs of um shown some good signs is is david johnson he was a freshman last year and this year there's a lot more um responsibility on his shoulders and so he has uh he's really been with 
Carleek a dynamic backcourt. Um, and he's uh, his defense has been so much better this year. And I think part of that's just being in the system and, and having learned it for a year. But I think that David Johnson is is probably another one that UK fans are really going to watch watch out for. What, what about Dre Davis? I watched uh, Louisville's games earlier. I mean, I was impressed with him. Uh, new 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 guy. Um, how's he played overall this year? Uh. I think he's going to be a really good player and he had um, a great game against Western Kentucky he scored 21 points, which is more than anyone has scored in a game thus far for UofL. But I will say for the last two games, he's, he's disappeared. Yeah. Um, he hasn't done much. Um, it didn't do much at Wisconsin, didn't do a ton at, at Pitt. So I don't know for him um, if it's just, you know, it's being part of a freshman and you're just right. new, new to playing games and, and big games at that. Um, but he, he definitely needs to kind of find that consistency because he's, he's talented. He can score from the outside. He can score inside. He's got a big body and a, a college ready physique. Um, and he, he hustles. So if he turns it on and has a great game against Kentucky, I think he could do some damage, but we just don't know which Dre is going to show up at this point. Yeah. Uh, up and down, up and down kid. Uh, what about their bench play? Uh, and, and Chris Mack relied a lot on his bench or is he pretty much st- uh, sticks with his starters? Well, I would say he really sticks with, um, I'm counting it here. I'm looking at the, the stats. Uh, probably a, a rotation of like set of seven and that's seven. really ha- having, yeah, it's really contingent upon who's been available. Um, for example, Josh Nickelberry, uh, a guard um, that played last night against Pitt, he has been sidelined with a off season knee surgery and just came back. So he's going to factor more in and give more relief at the guard position and, and can do and can provide some outside shooting. But um, you know, the bench has not been, uh, it's not been super prolific at this point, but just yeah. because there have, hasn't been a lot of bench players to play. Right, right. Would you say that Carlick is is the key to the team? I mean, I've been I've been impressed with him from what I've seen. Uh, I thought last night he looked like he was coming off of a layoff, had to shake off some rust, but he kind of runs the show. It seems to me is he is he pretty much the key to this Louisville team? I think so. Um, yeah. It, 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 Chris Mack talked about how Carleek was a little gassed there coming back um, against Pitt, but he, he had being a fifth year player. He knows exactly where, what he needs to do and where he needs to go. And he's become very vocal on this team already as he needs to as a point guard, but um, his ability to really open up the spacing on the floor and create shots for others as well as himself makes him just a, a big threat for Louisville. So I'd say he's definitely like the guy you want to circle on your, on your scouting report. Okay, Shannon, what's what's the keys for Louisville on Saturday to to beat a Kentucky team that's that's reeling right now? Uh, well, I would say that it uh, number one, it needs to not turn over the ball like yeah. it has been doing. Um, two, it needs to rebound and not um, be lax on that front, um, just because you know that could has the potential to hurt hurt them. Didn't right. last night, but you just don't know and. Three, I just say, you know, to, to keep the the mentality and the poise and keep on chugging along in the win column, they really need to work as a team um, to uh, convert defense to offense yeah. and and be able to get quick points that way, um, which would help when their if their offense starts to sputter. Yeah. 
Well, it should be. It's, it's not your typical Kentucky Louisville game. Neither team is ranked. Kentucky's one in five first time since 1926 27. Louisville's had the problems with COVID and the pauses. It's definitely not your typical Kentucky Louisville game, but it's always interesting when Kentucky and Louisville meets, that's for sure. Uh, Shannon, tell uh, the listeners how they can follow your work uh, at the Courier leading up to the game and uh, during the game and after the game. Sure. Uh, my Twitter handle is at SL Russell. And you can find out all the stories on CourierJournal.com. And that's pretty much where you can go. Well, Shannon, I really appreciate you. Good to talk to you. And I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Okay, my thanks to Shannon Russell. And we'll be right back with Jerry Tipton. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is my friend and colleague at the Herald Leader in Kentucky.com, Jerry Tipton, who covers Kentucky basketball, of course. Jerry, how's it going? Going well. How are you doing? I'm good. Are you ready for Christmas? I better be. <laughs> yeah, we both better be. Yeah, <laughs> That I know. clock is I'm ticking. Hoping, you know, we got podcasts tomorrow with both Kentucky and, uh, not podcasts, but uh, Zoom teleconference <laughs> right. with Kentucky and Louisville, and then I've got a do my Christmas shopping. <laughs> you haven't done so, it yet tomorrow? I've got a full day tomorrow. Yeah, I hope we... the, store, the stores do stay open late, right? Yeah. <laughs> it depends on the store. It depends on the store there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we're we're taping this on Wednesday. So tomorrow is Christmas Eve. Thursday's Christmas Eve. Friday is Christmas. And then Saturday, we got the big game, Kentucky and Louisville on uh, Saturday. Uh, Kentucky, of course, as we all know, one in five. Louisville, uh is five and one, I believe. Yeah, five and one after beating Pittsburgh last night, but they took it on the chin at Wisconsin on Saturday uh, in a big way. So neither team exactly rolling going into this game on Saturday. Uh, let's stick to Kentucky. Um, uh, first of all, well, we'll get the we'll get the uh, elephant in the room out of the way with the Cameron Fletcher situation. How much of a disruption do you think that is for this team going into the game? And for people who don't know, Cameron Fletcher uh, was uh, upset at the end of the North Carolina game because he didn't get more playing time. Uh, apparently, apologized to the team after the game, according to John Calipari. Then he put out a tweet on uh, Sunday apologizing to the public. But then on Monday, Cal announced that he had asked Fletcher to step away from the program for a while and uh, uh, so he's not going to be around for a while how much of a disruption do you think this is well it's hard to know for sure because you know I think you need to know the uh, personal contact you know how how he related to his teammates how they related to him but certainly it would seem like with a team with its one and five and uh, you know trying to find a firm footing it's not a good thing Uh, Mm -hmm. it's just one more thing to have to deal with and uh, so, you know, the timing is not good. But, I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, we just have to kind of see how it plays out. Right. What, what did you think of their performance against North Carolina? Well, I thought they competed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the one thing I thought about, that uh, they're one in five. We know that. But, you know, they've competed with everybody they've played, and they've been all uh, – 
Well, Richmond was really good. I consider them a power five type of team. Right. And, and everybody else has been, and they were right there. And, uh, you know, so, you know, it's a young team as we know, and with COVID, a lot of the steps you could take to kind of ease that uh, transition have been removed. Right. So, I mean, you know, they are one in five, but I don't think uh, uh, th- there should be an asterisk next to that because of COVID and it could change. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, you know, first half, I thought they play with more intensity than they play with you know, probably at any time this season leading up to that game. But for whatever reason, whether it was foul trouble or missing shots, they just they just kind of got away from them, you know, yeah. there in the second half. Uh, the thought has crossed my mind that I don't – not yet, and it's early. I don't know that they've put together a 40-minute game. Right. And, uh, of course, Moorhead I – don't, I don't really count Moorhead State. Right. But, uh, you know, but they have had moments, and uh, then they've also had bad moments. <laughs> And uh, but that's Couple. to be expected, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. That I think that's fairly normal. And uh, but the, you know, usually in a in the regu- in the normal season, they've played a bunch of those bye games, right? And uh, so you know, they wouldn't be one in five, right? But but it is what it is, right? Yeah, they have they didn't get the exhibitions or the they didn't have they didn't even have a blue white scrimmage, right? Isn't that right? No, so that's correct. And they didn't get those bye games where could you know get more comfortable playing with each other and build their confidence by winning some games so you know obviously you know that's hurt him the big experiment coming into the North Carolina game Cal kept saying that he wanted to play Ter- he liked the ball in Terrence Clark's hand he wanted to play Terrence Clark at point guard did we really see a lot of that on Saturday and if we did how successful was it I don't think we saw I don't think we've seen anybody play point guard in the <laughs> no wait a minute in in the classics sense. right you know right. somebody like Tyler Ulis running the show make, yeah would make such a difference because he was so smart and so good and he kind of had a an ability to coordinate things mm. on the court and and you know I think they're still working towards something you know hopefully that for them that would resemble that and uh, yeah i think it's just uh you know it hasn't happened yet and uh i don't know we'll see i mean i don't know how much i mean i talked to terrence clark's aau coach and he made it seem like terrence had played that position i didn't know quite how to take that but uh, yeah i i think he brought the ball up and maybe initiated but this is a whole different thing now right. uh, on the college level. So we'll, you know, we'll have right. to see. Right. You had a couple of interesting things this week, or you had an interesting thing, and then and you in talking to you, I know you're working on another one, but uh, you brought up a blast from the past. Well, a recent past, Nate Sestina. Talk about the uh, and about the what he went through and how this might apply to this team. Talk talk a little bit about that story, and I encourage people to check it out on Kentucky.com. Well, I remembered that last year, uh, if you remember, at uh, at LSU, Sestina had a good game. And prior to that, he had been struggling some, and I think he was uh, was hard on himself mm-hmm. and, and wanted to play better. And John Calipari recommended a book, 10-Minute uh, Toughness, I believe it was called. And this was sort of a... a it was kind of an instructional thing on how from a sports psychologist uh, performance coach, I think they prefer to be called, uh, 
about how to handle adversity and not basically don't dwell on the results. Don't dwell on the, the fact that you missed a lot of three-point shots or whatever it would be, but focus on, you know, getting better, making improvement was the kind of the gist of it. So then I thought, well, this year, though, the uh, performance coaches have, have come out with a new book, and one of the co-authors is uh, from Lexington, uh, Ellen Hinkle Reed. And uh, she, uh, so I was basically originally was going to uh, just do sort of a, like a mini uh, alert the readers that this book was coming out. And then I realized that it could be applied to this year's theme, the one in five, don't dwell on that, the turnovers, the missed three-point shots, that all of that stuff, her, the sports uh, performance coaches would say, you know, don't dwell on it, you know, don't let it drag you down but just work on trying to make incremental improvement. So that, that was the gist of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it reminds me a little bit of like the, when the, uh, well, it reminds me a little bit of like Saban's, Nick Saban's uh, famous, the process, uh, especially when you're starting out, don't, don't get too caught up in the results. Just, just keep moving forward with the process and eventually the results will come. Is that pretty much the gist of it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And it, it made me think that I don't know if I should get into this, but uh, when my younger son uh, was playing Little League, I was an assistant coach. And when he was 11, the team was not very good. Their final record in the season was one in 15. Mm-hmm. And one of and most of the losses were the mercy rule. So I just kind of thought I didn't know anything about this uh, uh, Nick Saban and all that stuff. And the, the, all I was thinking was, let's not think about winning. Yeah, I didn't say this out loud, but winning was impossible. But let's just try to get better, just for right. the sake of getting better. Right. So fielding ground balls, throwing to first accurately, stuff like that. Right. So anyway, in the postseason we lose our first game. We were last place and we lost to the first place team, but it was a one run game. Mm-hmm. And you know, we had the chance to drive go ahead in the last inning, but it didn't happen. So we were fairly happy. Then mm-hmm. we go to the losers bracket and win, win mm-hmm. games and come back. And we have to play the first place team again. So I'm thinking, Oh, they're going to crunch us this time. <laughs> no, we, uh, we played them competitively again, lost, but it was again, a one run game. So my point is I could see, I had like a personal experience with the idea of just trying to get better right. and not getting caught up in the winning and losing part. Right. Right. No, that's good. That's good. No, that's a good, that's a good personal uh, anecdote that applies. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. It came to mind. I, I, you know, I believe it. I mean, yeah. to yeah. me, what alternative do you have? Right. You can right. dwell on, I could have dwelled on losing and winning and losing and been miserable. Right. But right. what good would that have done? Right. 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 Uh, the other thing you were telling me was that uh, you talked to you talked to our friend uh, Joe, your friend Joe Lenardi, uh, ESPN, the bracketologist. And I know people are already probably worried. You know, they're one in five. We got the SEC coming up. We'll talk. We had some SEC news today, which pertained to Kentucky. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, what did your good friend Joe have to say? Well, my first question, of course, was uh, where he had Kentucky. Or if he had Kentucky. (laughs) Yeah, the better questions, if he had Kentucky, right. (laughs) And he had Kentucky at number 81. Really? 
That's that's in the country, by the way, not, not in the state. Remind and, me, uh, uh, we're we're only sixty eight. Make the tournament, right? Well, they didn't. Yes, get, they right. didn't. They didn't accept that uh, Coach K suggestion that everybody get in. It's still sixty eight, right? It's still sixty eight. Okay. But he was saying that he thought because of COVID and the changes that are brought about by that, that he thinks there there could be teams with losing records in the tournament. And uh, he thinks Kentucky, he's not saying Kentucky's going to have a losing record, but, but but he's saying that, you know, they, by Kentucky standards, it might not be, uh, you know, a glittering record. Right. But he, you know, I got the feel he didn't just say they're going to get in, but he came pretty close to that. And so we'll see. Yeah. Does he, uh, I mean, I don't know if you all talked about this, but what is he, I mean, in college basketball overall, is it just going to be a crazy year where, I mean, how hard is it going to be for him to actually, and for the committee to do a bracket? Yeah, I think it's, I didn't ask him that specifically, but yeah, I think it's going to be very, I mean, just all the regular ways of doing it right. are, 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 are not going to be as effective. Right. And I kind of chuckled. I can't remember. I think this was an ESP. I don't remember if it was an NCAA statement somebody made. I think it was like on a teleconference. And they were saying that the, uh, the uh, analytics that you know, normally would come into play and in all this won't work yeah. or they won't be as effective. And that the, you know, the uh, selection committee is going to have to be stuck with actually watching teams. <laughs> wow, well, imagine that. They have to use the eye test. Go back to the I, old oh. eye test. Yeah. Why can't we just rely on numbers? Come on. <laughs> Why complicate it with what you see? Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, we have this debate all the time about analytics. I'm more pro-analytics uh, than you are, but uh, okay. I think well, they have a place. They have a place. Yes, I, I know. I don't yeah, but, you begrudgingly say that, I know. But go ahead. It is nice to see a team, you know. Yeah, but I think not, you yeah. learn by observing. Your eyes can play tricks on you. Your eyes can play <laughs> tricks on you. Uh, well, what about uh, – well, that? but that brings us to the next – we got a bit of news just before we recorded this, not long before we recorded this. Kentucky's SEC opener against South Carolina is uh, kaput, right, or at least it's been postponed. Postponed. Right? Yeah, and the SEC set up uh, the end of the season. Some, I think it's March five to seven, uh, a little space of time to play a makeup game. But so, is, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, but in that that may not be enough time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, they haven't even started simple. SEC play, and they've already got their first game postponed. Yeah, oh, I agree. I mean, I, and I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Yes, I mean, you know, that's three days, right? And that's all that is. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, you know, Kentucky's now had two games called off, Detroit Mercy being the first. Not called off. You know what I mean. Right. Hadn't been played. Right. And hadn't been played as scheduled. And so we'll see. I yeah. mean, it's everything is up in the air. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah. What did you make of the Keontae Johnson news? The Gainesville Sun is reporting that he uh, has – I don't think it's been confirmed, but they're reporting that he has myocarditis is why he uh, – you know, he collapsed in the Florida State game, uh, was in critical condition in the hospital. He's now – thankfully, is now out of the hospital. He tested positive for COVID, I believe, back in the summer, late summer. Uh, they're now saying that he had heart inflammation, so the Gainesville Sun is reporting, uh, which people are saying could be 
uh, a byproduct of having COVID. Uh, what do you what do you make of that? And what are the implications if that is true for the rest of the league? I read that Florida said that they had tests, or at least I don't know if they've said, but uh, read that Florida did test the players after they had COVID to check for myocarditis, and they didn't find any. Um, what do you make of this? Make of this? Well, it's scary. Yes. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I just wonder, I remember I asked uh, before we, before, just after a uh, Keontae uh, Johnson collapsed, that was scary enough. Right. And you think about the heart condition immediately. Right. Uh, and I asked the Kansas coach Bill Self about that. And, uh, you know, it's alarming, he said. Right. And uh, he said that he didn't know if you would just slam on the brakes but you should be ready to tap the brakes uh-huh. and slow down and kind of, uh, you know, make a sober judgment. You know, I just don't think uh, this is just an opinion, but you, you know how, I don't know how you would justify continuing right. the right when death becomes part of the equation. Right. Right. It's just basketball. Right. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, and from everything we know, I mean, this is why the Big Ten and the Pac-12 at the start of football, they were not going to play because of there was talk that they, you know, had found myocarditis or there were the fear of myocarditis with people, with athletes who had uh, test who had, uh, you know, become infected with COVID, that that was a lingering uh, byproduct of having the virus. So uh, I'm glad that Keontae Johnson is out of the hospital. Hopefully we can find out for sure what exactly happened and uh you know we'll we'll see you know where it goes from there uh but yeah. we got the game on saturday kentucky louisville uh quickly anything in particular you think kentucky needs to do saturday to get off this five game losing streak is there an area where you feel like they've got to improve and got to get better to beat louisville on saturday well i just kind of think it uh i don't know i mean uh, I, I just think it comes it always comes back for me to turnovers mm-hmm. and uh a shooting Right. And, uh, and I think I think John Calipari would add toughness. I uh, I keep thinking about him saying Kansas punked them, right. and uh, uh, Moses Wright from Georgia Tech manhandled Olivier Sar. So you know I I don't know how uh, physical Louisville is. I really don't know, but uh, that might be something to to watch for also. Right. No, yeah, no, I agree. They've got to got to hit some shots and quit turning the ball over. Uh, they need a lot of improvement on the offensive end. So we'll see if things finally start to click and start to gel uh, on Saturday. Be sure and follow all of Jerry's work. Uh, you can find Jerry on Twitter at Jerry Tipton. Uh, follow all his work leading up to the game and after the game on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Herald Leader. Jerry, Merry Christmas, and thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, when you ran down the rest of the week, Christmas Eve, Christmas, and then Kentucky Louisville, you made you made Christmas sound like a warm up act for Kentucky Louisville. I didn't know how. No, to that. no, of course not. Of course not. It's all part of the Christmas celebration. Let's put it that way. If if, okay. if only only of course if Kentucky wins, if Kentucky wins, then Kentucky fans will consider it part of the part of the celebration. But anyway, it's UK UML, Jerry. Uh, it's what? the dream game. So. What, what do you say? think of the chances uh, that the referees will be considered the three wise men? <laughs> that, those chances are very small. <laughs> <laughs>
Those are not very, I don't think those are very good. There's a very good chance <laughs> that that will happen. That's one of my, right. and, and I know you do the same thing, but we tweet out who's, who is the officials are for the game before the game right. starts when we get the list. And that always on Twitter, I always get some, oh no, not so-and-so or not <laughs> so-and-so, but anyway. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I was going to ask which referee do they say? Well, right, we got so no, no there are, I don't remember one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any of those actually. So right. anyway, well, Jerry, Merry Christmas, and thanks again for being on the podcast. Merry Christmas, John. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. Uh, thanks again to my guest, Shannon Russell of the Courier-Journal. Check out all of her coverage on Louisville basketball. And, of course, my thanks to Jerry Tipton of the Herald-Leader and Kentucky.com. Be sure and check out all of his work on Kentucky.com as he covers Kentucky basketball. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Send me an email, jclay at herald-leader.com. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And be sure and check out all of our coverage on UKUFL on Saturday leading up to, during, and after the game. Again, thanks again for listening to the podcast. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone.